0: Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Brighton Rock Podcast with me, Russell Giver, where we are doing our Sussex Non-League special. At the beginning of the season, we've been planning to cover the three clubs in particular who have had excellent seasons last year and got promoted to new levels. For example, Littlehampton Town, who, as Southern combination Premier Division winners in 2021-22, they go up into the second tier of the Ismian League for the first time in their history, after a season in which they also got to the FA Vars final for the first time in their history. Taking the place, I guess you could say, of Hastings United, who themselves got a promotion from that second tier of the Ismian League into the Ismian Prem, And we'll be having another look at Worthing, who got promoted from the Ismian Prem into the National League South for the first time in their history. So we'll be talking a little bit later on to Peter Vale, club co-commentator and podcaster for Worthing FC, friend of the show, who's been on before. We've also had a little bit of a focus on Hastings United, although sadly we weren't able to get any audio representation from them as they weren't able to get in touch in time, unfortunately, with us. However, we did speak to Littlehampton's chairman, Rob McAleese. Um, this was a conversation we had last week, the first part of the preparation for this podcast. So here is the conversation between me and him, which took place last week, where he was discussing the fantastic season that Littlehampton Little Hampton had just had and also the preparations for the summer and looking ahead to the new season. So here's me chatting to Rob from Littlehampton. OK, so we are now talking to the Little Hampton FC chairman, Mr. Rob McAleese. Welcome to the podcast, Rob. How are you? I'm absolutely splendid, yeah. Can't
2: complain one bit.
1: Fantastic. And I'm not surprised, really, because things have been going well for the club, haven't they, amongst other things. Um, fantastic time last season, um, along with Hastings and Worthing. We've all had superb uh, campaigns, promotions, and in your case... Um, some cups as well. Um, first of all, I mean, I'll get into talking a bit more about you, uh, your role in general, in a minute. But just talk about last season first of all. How good was that?
2: Well, what a fantastic season! You know, can you really wish for anything better? We won three trophies. We lost at Wembley, but we didn't really lose as a club because a day out at Wembley for it's like every boy's dream, isn't it, going to Wembley? So. We lost a football match at Wembley, but we
1: gained as a club. So, you know, to us, it was a fantastic season. It really was brilliant, wasn't it? And just to explain to anyone who doesn't know, the Wembley trip was the FA Vars, um, which is, um, I think I'm right in saying, open to all non-league clubs below Step 4. I think that's correct, isn't it? So you were in one of the the top levels that were eligible. Um, However, um, what that does, it provides clubs who are lower down the food chain, so to speak, with a rare opportunity to get to Wembley. As you said, it's every boy's dream, or every girl's dream as well, to play, to play football at Wembley, and for, for the Littlehampton uh, team to, to get there was superb. You'd actually got to the, the semi-final before, I think, in a, a madcap season in the beginning of the 90s, I was reading, where you seem to have won the what was then the Sussex County League uh, title, um, got to the first round of the FA Cup uh, with a record crowd, I think, uh, hosting uh, Northampton, and got to the FA Vase semi-final. I think I'm right in saying that was on the same season back in the day, wasn't it? Um, That's correct, d- yeah. I guess you could say, this, this has gone one step further, hasn't it? Because you've won the, the modern equivalent of the Sussex County League, The uh, I think it's called the Combined Counties, isn't it? Or, or Southern Counties, I think. Uh, so Southern Combined, is that, is that right? Combination, Southern Combination. Southern Combination, yes. And so you've won that, but this time there was the option for a promotion, which you've taken which puts you up into the Ismian League in the, the second of the two levels in the Ismian um, which uh, is step four and you also of course went a step further in the FA Vars by getting to that final so um, a superb year last year tell us about the, the league campaign how did that go?
2: The league campaign um, from start to finish we we were very we were a very tech-minded team and we were our managers said, team up, so we were constantly attacked, attacked, attacked. And as you know, in football, you know, you might lose occasional game by being caught on the counter-attack, but we won so many games, and that always set the momentum going. You know, if you win a sort of three or four on a trot, you might lose the occasional one, but you're setting the momentum going, aren't you? And Mm -hmm. by the end of it, attacking policy worked, and we had a great battle with um, teams like Exil, Dean. Eastbourne Town, but we come out on top, and it was a fantastic season for us. And they're very good. I think we scored some 120 goals. I don't know how many. We conceded, but we did score a lot of goals, and I think we entertained a lot of the crowds that come to our home matches and some away matches.
1: Yeah, I was going to say it must be an attacking style and an entertaining style to entertain those crowds. By the number of goals you just said you scored, that's a that's a pretty impressive tally by anyone's reckoning. I think. Um, and you've got uh, joint managers, um, which is an interesting set-up. You've got, as I understand it, Mitchell Hand, who's purely as a manager, and George Gaskin, who is also a player, um, and in fact was, I think, injured in the FA Vars final, wasn't he, unfortunately, for him.
2: Yes, unfortunately,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, how, how has it worked as a management pairing, of, obviously it's gone very well because you've got to a final and won some local cups as well and got promoted but in terms of the dynamic it's pretty rare nowadays to get joint managers isn't it, I mean it's it's obviously working out well isn't it for them
2: Yeah I think they complement each other very well um, they, one of them to talk or one of them says you know if it needs to be said and they swap the roles around which is very good oh. and they really were you know well together and we've seen them and they're great communicators and practitioners on the pitch and for us it's like a dream pairing so yeah, it went really well for us and me being as chairman I think well you know how lucky was I to fall
1: upon that. <laughs> Indeed yeah and speaking of you as chairman how long have you been in the role Rob? Oh probably about 10
2: years now. Oh ah, right. 10 years.
1: Yeah and you're I mean I see the logo on the club's um, crest Says the word progress, clearly <laughs> that's a very suitable one at the moment. I don't know how long that's been on the press, but it certainly applies to what's going on at the moment. Um, how have you found it? Ten years then in, in the role, um, there must have been a lot of challenges along the way.
2: There's loads of challenges, and you have to accept the challenges, but you've also got to bring those challenges on to you, haven't you? you, know, you, you I never um, say, you know, oh, we're, we're without principle that, we'll do that. I always say, let's go for it, let's make it happen. Let's go out there let's make it happen. Let's gamble a little bit. Let's try a few things. Some may not pay off. Some do. You know, uh, we won the title in 2015, which is a tremendous achievement. But me personally, I got a few things wrong, which I take on the chin. And mm. we got relegated three seasons later. But we have to come back stronger from there, learn from our mistakes, and take on these challenges. And I would be lying if I said oh, everyone I got right, because that is not true. And you have to think, okay, yeah, what did we do wrong now? How are we going to improve that? And as a club, as you said, progress. We, we try and progress, and um, we're looking always ahead. I never like to look behind I think, right, okay, i learned from that bit of history, but I'm looking forward And how am I going to improve this club? And we all do it as a team. We're a bunch of mates running the football club. It's not just me. We're a team that all pushes ahead, including players, management team, and committee members.
1: Hmm. And I guess the sky's the limit, is now I know... A bit of an off day just happened to be on the case for the FA Vars final, but obviously the the league season shows how well you are doing as a, as a club and as a team. Um, looking forward and you talk about challenges, obviously you're stepping up into a new division, which is the first time they've been at that level. Um, it's the South East division, by the way, of the Ismian that they've moved into, which is the one below the Ismian pram. Um, and you, um, obviously there's going to be challenges involved in that, not only for the for the managers and for the players, but also for us, chairman. A lot of prep I'm guessing needs to be done, um, certainly to do with the ground. I'm imagining there's certain requirements every time you step up a level. Is that the case with you guys there for next season?
2: That hey, is a massive case, yes. We had to completely develop our changing rooms. We're all busy, as a committee sitting there, we're be probably about five o'clock tonight I'll have a paint brush in the hand and I'll be painting inside the change rooms alongside some other committee members, even some of the players have got involved in painting and completely redeveloping the change rooms. We we've had to do a lot, um, we've had to get turnstiles in, we've had to get sort of a, a container so we can use it as a bit of an office. We have had to you know completely change around a lot what we do in the sports field, but we got accepted, we knew what would have to be if we got
1: promoted, and we embraced it and said, okay, well, let's give it a go, and that's, that's what we're doing, but yeah, it's been hard work, but I was always telling find a bit of hard work. Brilliant, you've got a lot of these stories, you know, the, the chairman's there with his paintbrush. that's great, <laughs> Superb to here, um, and I'm, I'm guessing, in terms of the size of the ground, the sports field holds 4,000, doesn't it, which was the... The attendance for that FA Cup game I mentioned in the past—I think you had pretty much up to those levels for the Vase Semi, didn't you as well? I think.
2: Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. is that? I'm assuming that, that number is fine for the for the division, isn't it? You don't need to, you didn't need to expand as such. You just no, needed to no, improve no. it. I think. I think if if mm.
2: we got three and a half thousand each um, home game, would be quite happy with that, yeah. and I think yes, you yeah. need would be quite happy
1: with that. So. Yeah. I mean, it's growing all the time though, isn't it? Non-league football is getting more popular, more and more people are turning to it, either as well as or instead of um, higher level football, the pro game Um, Have you noticed an increase in the attendances? I mean, I guess you would have done anyway because of a promotion campaign but is it a very notable difference that it's gone up to?
2: I think Somewhere people are looking at the Premiership and the Championship and saying, Oh, yeah, you know, this big money, it's all controlled by T V it's it's what they you know, how they want to run their football. But for us as like a non-league team, I think there's a definitely resurgence in people thinking, oh, I can go there, I can see a bit of football, I can get myself a burger, I can get myself a cup of tea, it's not going to cost me an arm and a leg to get in. Mm-hmm. And people are coming down and thinking, oh, well, I've just had just as much good entertainment as there as, as watching the premiership matches. And I think in the last two or three seasons, and I felt when the first COVID season brought COVID coming there, their dates were up by 15%. And of course, in COVID, it's difficult to um, see how the figures would have been. But obviously, last season, even the start of the season, before we really started getting on the roll, is that again, their attendance is up by 20%. And of course, it then went through the roof once we started getting so deep into the cup competitions and heading towards winning the league. Yes,
1: yeah. there's a definite resurgence in um, non-league football. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's little things as well, like you can, you can normally keep an eye on the game while you're getting a burger or drinks, and you can drink inside of the pitch, and it's a family-friendly atmosphere usually. They don't really get trouble, uh, or, or particularly aggressive attitude amongst fans, well, not, not normally anyway. <laughs> um, and so, it, it's great, I, I recommend it, I, I really enjoy going to non-league games. And Rob, we are hoping to get down to Littlehampton So we might give you a shout if we're we're getting down there To do a a match day special Yeah, maybe hook up with you again for a chat then Um, But all I can say is The best of luck for the coming season I'm hoping you're all set to go And I hope you have a a great campaign Have you got a prediction where you think you might finish Just to finish?
2: Honestly I would say mid-table We're going into a league We don't know if you not about. I don't know about the opposition. We played a few of them, but as you know, in, in non-league football, teams can change one minute there, up then they are down, So there might be quite a bit of changing, sort of like personnel through the uh, close season. Yeah. So we see. But yeah, if I, I think mid-table. I don't want to go sort of like, saying, oh, we we'll do this, we we'll do that. I'll be quite happy
1: with mid-table. Yeah. That would do the job, wouldn't it, for the time being? And yeah, um, it would be excellent. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Rob. We wish you the very best of luck for the season, and we will catch up with you again when we get down to the ground later in the campaign. I appreciate the call. Excellent. No problem at all. Cheers for now. And so now it is time to talk Worthing again. And I have back with me a friend of the show, Worthing commentator for Match Days, home and away, and also a co-podcaster on the Rebel Yell podcast, Worthing Fans uh, Pod. It is Mr. Peter Vale. Welcome back to the podcast, sir. Thank you for having me, Russ. Pleasure to be here. Always a pleasure to have you on. It's it's great and good to see you resplendent in your Worthing top. You've always got some garb on, which is great.
0: Well, what it, what it was was I was working today, so I had a shirt on and then it was come home and we decided to go for a walk hmm. and it was like,
1: I don't want to get the ironing board out. <laughs> <What can I laughs> put on? So it's just a football shirt because you don't have to iron them, do you really? You certainly don't. <laughs> it's almost as if they're not very natural materials, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Um,
1: anyway, <laughs> but nice and sunny um, where you are by the looks of it. Still got the evening sun coming through the window there behind you. All good. Just-
0: just about all good. Yeah, it's been a bit, been a bit hot though, hasn't
1: it? Yeah, <laughs> it's been a little bit. Just to quickly ask, are you, are you based in Worthing itself, by the way?
0: Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm not far from the town centre. So, yeah.
1: Perfect. Which also means not too far from the from the ground as well, which is convenient for match days.
0: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. And you wouldn't want to be missing any of the action with the way things have gone for Worthing last season. Obviously they have finally got that unfinished business sorted, haven't they? The furloughs, the lockdowns, the delays. It was a long promotion in the offing, finally happened last season. You got over the line. I'm not sure if I've spoken to you since they did so actually before they, they clinched the promotion. So how was the run in for you, sir? <laughs> it, it was, it was, it was really good. Um, like I said to
0: you before we came on, uh, sort of uh, after we got promotion at Barrows and Pitsy, then sort of after that, most most Saturdays turned into a bit of a blur. <laughs> so so um obviously last you know, we 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 kept it all up, our, our form and everything, which was which was really positive. Uh didn't quite hit hundred points but but we ne- we nearly managed it. But we hit a hundred and hundred hundred and one goals or hundred goals in the end. Curtis a just the pattern on the last day of the season. Yeah. Who, who has now been signed by Wickham Wanderers in the Football League. So we're keeping up our tradition of
1: sending a player every season to the Football League, which is yeah. something to be proud of. Yeah. Just for anyone that's not familiar with the past names, I, I'm, I am a little bit, but I'm trying to recall some of the details. Who's gone out before? Because I think there's a fellow that was at Sutton and he's moved on somewhere else now, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, it's David Azure uh, who went to, he was, he, he was at Brighton at one point, uh, yeah. went to, went to Sutton and now he's gone on to Peterborough. Um, and then we had Ricky Aguiar who's now at um, Swindon, um, and he started in the trophy the other night. So that was the season before. So yeah, it's a bit,
1: a bit of um, we, we're churning them out, mate. We're churning them out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad going, is it? There's a there's a guy at Brentford, isn't there as well? Although, um, yeah. I don't know if he's still there or whether he's going to break in. But no, he's... F-
0: yeah, Finn Stevens. uh I think that was the season before. Yeah, there's Ricky. Rick, sorry, the season before Jasper. Jasper. Um, and then Finn Stevens was in the middle of too and he went off to Brentford and this summer he signed a five year contract with Brentford. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, it's all it's all very positive. I forgot about him. Well done, mate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well there's so many you see, it's hard to keep up, isn't it? That's um, it. Speaking of Jasper patented, of course, fantastic game, uh, fa- sorry, fantastic season he had and a fantastic goal in that final game. Uh, I was out of the match uh, behind the goal when he scored it, a cracker, an absolute cracker, which was the winner, a 1-0 to finish the season in style. Um And of course, then the trophy lift thereafter. I'll ask you about that in a minute. But just to quickly mention, actually, because we have the Little Hampton chairman on there in the first part of the pod, um, uh, his brother plays for Little Hampton, doesn't he? I believe Jasper's brother, I think. Yeah, he, he does. And obviously he played at Wembley last
0: season. Um, I know Jasper went there to support him. I think it's, I think his name's Lucas, Lucas Pattendon. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Apologies yes. if I've got that wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it's Lucas. Um, but again, you know, um, yeah, two, both of them are wingers, uh, both, both decent players and, you know, uh, Uh, Jasper actually said to me, he said, I'd love to have had the opportunity to play at Wembley, although he's got the move into a club that plays in the Football League, so that was quite an interesting conversation with him really.
1: Yeah, not too bad. Yeah, and of course, I'm lucky for Littlehampton on the day. But um I, I'm looking at uh, looking at his brother Lucas. They're very similar looking, and they play in the, in the same position, don't they? Yeah, which is pretty confusing. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: yeah, is he's, he's got yellow and gold on, and Jasper used to play in red, so he should yeah. be all right. Should be, all be in blue, 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 or shades of blue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, we, we mentioned the final game of the season there, and and, and the in obviously where they got over the line, they, they did it in style, comfortably promoted in the end. They carried it on pretty well, just missed out on the hundred points, but they they still got a hell of a good total of, of points for the season. And um, I, mean, I don't know if there's anything more you wanted to to mention with regard to the run in itself. But I was going to ask you also about the uh, that final match and the the post-match stuff, the trophy lift, uh, the celebrations afterwards. Tell us all about it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, it was really good. Um t- to be honest though, it was sort of when we when we got back from Barrow's and Pitsy the day we clinched it, when we came back that night to the club and um there was a lot of fans there waiting. And I I was on I, I was on, on the tech saying we're five minutes away, we're five minutes away on the coach and, and all the rest of it. And then they'd done sort of a lot of fans came out and applauded them off the coach and into the ground and um there must have been eighty to a hundred people in you know, in, in the clubhouse. And then the players on top of it. Um and yeah, it was just singing songs, just having we just it was just the most fantastic, fantastic evening. Uh, you know, I, and I do remember it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was really good. At one point, some of the players would be on the bar just serving the drinks and I'm looking at, I'm looking at the chairman. I'm thinking he's he's going to get a right sweat on here in a minute <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with the, with, with him just filling up the trophy and us all drinking out the cup, which is, uh, you know, and then all of a sudden it was all like, there's still COVID going around, you know. We <laughs> were all drink, drinking out of this cup. So, yeah. yeah, that was a special night. And the celebrations after getting the trophy, um, yeah, it was it was re- really, really good. And like I said earlier, it was so well-deserved after the COVID and all the rest of it that we maintained that consist- consistency on a regular basis, that level, and it kept the core of the squad together. A um, couple of signings, even there, but nothing major to what we had sort of three years ago, and it's just testament to the players that they stayed so professional through it, through it all, and yeah. finally got us over the line into the sort of promised land, as it were. Yeah.
1: A couple of quick questions on what you just said. Then, first of all, did you get applauded off the coach as well as the players, or did they stop pl- applauding when you stepped off? <laughs> stop. To be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it must be brilliant actually travelling back with the players for that one as well, you know, for celebrations on on board. Yeah, it
0: was, it was a a bit rowdy. It was, (laughs) it was, it was really good and there
1: was was quite a few empty cans and bottles we had to clean up when we got back. (laughs) And the other question also related to drink, then you say they were pouring the drinks. I imagine they probably didn't waste too much beer because, uh, I'm, I'm imagining massive heads on pint glasses here. They're probably not experts. I'm assuming, unless any of them work in bars. Yeah, you had to let them sit out for about ten minutes before you could drink them. But <laughs> apart from that, it was fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it was it was a truly fantastic season, a great achievement. Worthing. I mean, we were say talking to the Littlehampton uh, chairman earlier, and um, they've got promoted into the Ismian Second tier for the first time in their history, I believe it is. Um Worthing, obviously, have gone from from the first. Sorry, Hastings have gone from the second tier to the first tier yeah. and Worthing have gone from the first tier of that, of that particular league into the National South. So everyone's going up a level, which is great to see. As far as it goes for Worthing, yeah, first time in the National League South. Um, how did the preparations go? Have you been able to gauge much of what's been going on behind the scenes in terms of any ground improvements needed? Um, any, any particular recruitment elements that were needed? Because I noticed a couple of um, ex-Albion players have, have been added to the equation on the ex-Albion front, <laughs> Mr. Adam Alab. Uh, yes, yeah, <laughs> that, that,
0: That's the chance, isn't it, for him? Yeah. Um, he, he didn't actually. He's obviously featured a bit in pre-season, um, but he, he didn't feature on Saturday. He was on the bench, um, but obviously, you know, uh, Jake Robinson came in. Uh, he, he used to be Brighton under-18s. Kane Wills used to be Brighton under-18s. Has been at Dorkin, um and Eastbourne before that.
1: And um, Jake Robinson's had a host of clubs, hasn't he? Mm. And these are all at a better level, as you said. It's yeah. Came like Wheels. I mean, those other clubs are obviously were at the level Worthing are at now. Um. So that that all sounds like a useful recruitment. Um. And um. We'll get on to the new season in anyway, there, but I know Jake scored on his debut, didn't he? Um. At the weekend. He did, and then unfortunately, in the second half, he's picked up an injury. Oh, was. Um. Now I spoke to him Tuesday evening,
0: and he was saying it's it's not as bad as it. It, it was on Sunday after the day after the game. Um, he's booked in for a scan next week, but he's hoping that it might not be needed now. So it's all, everything crossed at the moment because he's a real fox in the box. He's different gravy, to be honest. Uh, you know, seen him in pre-season, you know, just scoring, scoring goals for fun and his yeah. movement, his movement. And with our front three, the defenders don't know which way to go, who to pick up. And it's, it looks like we're going to have a real, you know, Good attacking force with, with
1: the I, team. I think he's an excellent acquisition, just what you need. He's got the experience at that level, as well as obviously higher as well. Yeah. And yeah, he's a nippy player, unpredictable. Always thought he, he looked the part. And I think I'm surprised he didn't quite make the grade a little bit more when he was with us at the Albion beforehand. But um nonetheless, you know, he's he's been great. He played at uh, Whitehawk, I think, as well, a few years ago, didn't he? Um, which was also at a similar level, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken. I think so, but he's, you know, he's been at clubs like Luton, Shrewsbury and Northampton. Yeah.
0: So, you know, he's, he's, he's got pedigree, hasn't he? So, Absolutely. And, and, and that, you know, okay, he's, what is he, 30, 35 now, I think he is. Yeah. Um, but he's still got it. He's still got it as far as I'm concerned from what I've seen. And he doesn't, he doesn't look 35 either.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he looks about 25. It's, it's unreal. He's, he looks, yeah, I, 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 don't look 35 either. Um, unfortunately, that's because I'm older than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's That'll be what it is for us. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but any other recruitment in terms of, I mean, there must have been a bit of churn because obviously they lost Patton and they lost a couple of other players, I think, didn't they, um,
0: along the way? Yeah, we bought um, Louis White in. Um, he started as a Millwall under eighteen player, and with he sort of left them. Um, he had a spell at Concord Rangers, who were obviously uh, National League, and then he was he's been with Cole Shorten for a few seasons. And I know Adam was looking at him, I think I'm allowed to say this now, he was looking at him a few seasons ago, and I know there was phone calls, but uh, we couldn't tempt him down here, but now we're in National League South, he's uh, he's come and joined the ranks, so that's a good sign-in. And then we got uh, Dan Bowery, um, who's come from Lynn. apparently Kingsleyan are gutted to have lost him. Um, but he's, he's got appearances in, in league two and the EFL trophy. So again, he's only 24, um, one with experience and, you know, uh, yeah, one for the future as well. So mm-hmm. I think the rec- recruitment's been really, really good. Yeah. And I haven't even mentioned a young lad from our academy yet. Who, Go on. Joe, <laughs> Joe jo, jo Rice center back. We got the team sheet on Saturday. We were like, he's had a good pre-season and we were like, Okay, he's starting in the middle because Aaron seen suspended from a game last season. He's obviously our club captain who plays central defence. Uh, so we went with three at the back, Joel Colbran, Joe Rye and Cameron Tut, uh, ex-Brighton. <laughs> um, yeah, and this, eighth, so I think he's 17, 17 and he, did, he didn't look out of place. He had an absolutely exceptional game, Joe. Right? He just he had header. His positioning was spot on, and you know he kept Adam Alab out of the team really because Adam Alab was on was on the bench. So there's another name to watch. But then again, maybe I shouldn't say that, should I? <laughs> <laughs> get the get the big club sniffing around him. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, an amazing performance from
1: such a such a young player. Yeah, it's seemed... Sorry, yeah, I was going to say it seems as if. The plans are still working along nicely, Um, in terms of the, you know, just continuing to build on what, what's happened so far. Um, it looks yeah. like they're not slowing down with the recruitment, getting the right kind of players in and, um and hopefully they'll hit the ground running. it um, started the, uh, started the season with a one all draw with Dover, wasn't it? The, the game which Jake Robinson gave uh, the rebels lead ended up yep. one all. Um, Dover, uh, that's probably an interesting fixture to start with because obviously two divisions apart last season, they got yep. relegated although there were extenuating circumstances. Oh, and you. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and they had a very major points deduction for anyone that doesn't know. Um, and they did get they did get relegated pretty convincingly in the end. But then again, if you've got that much of a points deduction, you have probably lost a load of players and um, the demoralised and whatever else is going on. So the the points they did get was probably not a fair reflection of the team. However, you know you, you never quite know what they're going to be like when they drop down, so I mean you are at the game, I assume, and and if you were, what did you make of them and how how do you think it's a measure for worthing season, how it might shape up for them
0: I thought it was it was a really interesting test because, like you say we we didn't know sort of what to expect um well, myself personally i didn't know what to expect um <laughs> You know, I've, I've watched games at this level before. I've been up to Dorking a few times and watched Dorking, and you can see how much, uh, faster and more physical the game is. So it was, so I was going into it thinking, well, will we be able to cope with the physicality? Um, wouldn't, wouldn't have a problem with the, the pace of the game because we have got quick you know, quick players but the physicality Um, and I I, I think we acquitted ourselves really well Um, we probably should have been two or three up at half time to be totally honest, Um, but then you know, they they equalised, it was Lee Martin, who used to play for Man United back in the day Oh, yeah. And Ipswich, yeah. yeah. And, you know, he's again, he's 35. And you can still see the quality he had in the midfield. You know, his passing, his range of passing, his movement. Um, and, he, and he got got forward and got in the box and got the equalised before half-time. And then, beginning the second half, uh, won a penalty. Uh, another new signing, Boba Morodoff, I hope I pronounced that right. Uh, and won a penalty. And, unfortunately, Oli Pia sent the keeper the wrong way. But... <laughs> But, um, unfortunately put it wide to the post. Um, so yeah, so that was an opportunity. And I think the last 20 minutes, because Dover had had a really bad pre-season, um, I think they'd, they'd only won sort of one game. And I think Ramsgate done them 3-0. Uh, they lost at Folkestone. Um, so, so, you know, obviously we're looking at that and thinking, well, we should, we should be able to do these. Yeah? but last 20 minutes, they seem to sort of settle in if, I would say if it weren't for a great save by Harrison May, we might have lost that game. Um, so, but it's, it's, it's just a great, great learning, learning curve for the players really that they know now exactly what they can face. And we've got another, t- you know, tough test on Saturday coming up away at Welling, who again have recruited very well. Um, they've got a couple of players who have played in, um, I think one of them's played in the Premiership, played in the Scottish Premiership. Um, so yeah, they've got a few who have been around a bit. And
1: yeah, it's going to be another an, another difficult test. Right. Okay. Yeah. We'll see how they get on. I mean, I could see them certainly finishing comfortable mid-table is my guesstimate of it and maybe a lot better. Who knows? Um, I guess that it's going to be a, a teething period isn't it in the first few weeks isn't it and hopefully I'll get along to a game soon um just going back to the stadium as I've I've got the uh I'll pop the final stadium image on the background here while we're chatting I've got to ask you about the senior cup in a minute as well actually I should should have come to that sooner sooner but um in terms of stadium perhaps do you know what they've had to do um in terms of improvements there must have been some uh adjustments needed I'm, I'm guessing required for the uh for the new level
0: um there, there will be adjustments and improvements that need to be done, but it's, it's, uh,
1: by the end of, by the end of March. Yeah. You, you, keep, you keep changing your screen. I, keep, I guess I'll be brighter. I'm going to turn the light on while you're talking. <laughs> carry on. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, there's, there's obviously
0: some grand rating regulations that we have to adhere to at this level. Um, but like I say most of them. You know, uh, we, we need to, we need to do by March, but on an exciting front, and you might be interested in this, being sort of, uh, same ilk as me, is yeah. that we've, we've now got a new bar and a fan zone at Woodside Road. Ooh. Behind, behind the Woodside Road end of the ground, beyond these fans. So we've got a nice area there. Um, the bar's there. There's still some improvements that have got to be done there, but yeah, it officially opened last week and it's a nice, uh, big open space for the play the uh, fans to congregate. And and have a drink pre-match and sort, sort of get get everyone in the mood, get the songs going, and and take you from there.
1: Yeah, oh, so, so. is that whether yeah. whether there was a bar or a kiosk before? Or they just expanded that bit, or they moved it across, or something. There, there was a, I don't know if you you know it could be the big, big brick
0: building at the front. It used yep. to, it, it's a gym. Yeah, um, and that used to be a bar back in the day. But it's, it's just directly behind that and before the, the stand that I call the away boys stand because it's generally the end we like to kick to in the second half. Uh, Yeah, it's between, it's between those two and I think that's going to be sort of really exciting developments as it, as it improves because obviously there's still work that needs to be done there, but it's open and it's functioning.
1: Great! Can't wait to get down there. Looking forward to it. Yeah. I mean, I have th- I th- they improved the range of beers as well? Because that was the one thing with a lot of clubs. It's, it's good if you can get a few more in. I don't know if they've been able to do that. I don't think they've got many more in. I think they've changed
0: it a little bit. I know they took my um my becks off, which is uh, yeah, I'm to be, yeah, like us up, so yeah. I mean, it's <laughs> a bit. Peter's <laughs> upset. I made my feelings known. <laughs> um, but no, it's, there, there is a range. You've got know, you know, a pale ale and your ciders and a couple of, you know, stronger lagers and
1: good old Budweiser. <laughs> well, that, that all does the job, doesn't it, for now? And I, th- I think they can get more sales or they can get more, um, sales through the door, um, you know, during and um, half time, et cetera. It's, it's all good, isn't it? Because it, it satisfies the public more and it gets yeah. more money into the coffers as well, which. That's it. I see. I think that was
0: one of the problems last season, and and you know, this is this is why Worthing so good because the board have took that criticism that oh, I won't even bother to queue for a drink because it takes too long. Yeah. So, so they've gone out. They've sorted this fan zone out. Got us a bar there. They're doing. They're doing some pre-pouring a few minutes before sort of time and That's when good. they know there's people going to be piling in. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and it worked really well. And I went in the bar Saturday at time to get my second half drink, of course. Um, and, the, and, and the queue is nowhere near what you would expect. And there was over 1,500 people there. So, so, yeah, it was really positive and and I think that's the thing you know if there's a criticism at the club, the board will take it on board and they'll go away, look at how they can improve it, yeah. and even with the food we've you know um noticed the last few games we've had sort of a couple of pop up kiosks, yeah where, where sat these uh, one one of the stores was doing um pizzas in the wood-fired thing of a wood fired thingaging, and there was another store can't remember what they were doing, it might have been a Burger or something, but um, but yeah, but yeah, it, it's sorted the queues out. The club listens, get it done, and
1: the punters are happy. So then they're going to spend more money. That's great. I mean, that, that's one of the missing ingredients. I thought was just having a little bit better options, um, food and drink. So it sounds like they're sorting it out as much as they can do within the. You know, within the footprint they've got there at the stadium. Um, that's brilliant. It's all good news. Yeah, yeah, really, really good. And I can't wait to get down there. As I said, um, just quickly backtracking to the mentioned about the Sussex Senior Cup one. Did you manage to go along to that as well um, at the end of last season?
0: Yes, I'm, I must admit, I got invited to have the older corporate. <laughs> um, so so, uh, yeah, I I I actually didn't. I I was like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It had had to be done. I, I presume you might have been along at some point before.
1: You've been to the Amex before. I've been to the Amex before. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: I've been there when Forest was there. Yeah, I was going to say. Well, I'll be. We'll be there again this season. Speaking of your uh, your uh, first love, I guess we could say Um Forest finally back in the Prem. Quick word on that. Twenty three years, I think it is. Twenty
0: three years. Yeah, yeah. yeah it,
1: it, it was good, but obviously,
0: you know, Wor- I, I'd say Worthing's my sort of main love now. Because going, commentating on Worthing week in, week out. And, you know, obviously I keep my own forest. If it's on the telly, I'll watch them and all the rest of it. But I don't go to games anymore. I used to follow them if they were down sort of London Way, Crystal Palace. And sorry, I shouldn't say that's should uh, <laughs> usually, but around sort of, you know, Portsmouth, if we were playing them or whatever, I used to follow them then. But sort of since I've discovered Worthing, it's sort of gone on the back burner in a way, but it was lovely to see promoted. Yeah. 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 We did have a bottle of bubbles here that evening. It's like because it's been that long, hasn't it? It's been it's been
1: painful. (laughs) Absolutely, yeah. It's it's been a long wait, and yeah, they've they've deserved to they've deserved it based on our season. And I think you know um, you can still enjoy them even if it is secondarily nowadays um, the good thing is obviously Worthing often pl- usually playing at 3 o'clock on a Saturday um, Premier League being the Premier League <laughs> you could probably see Forrest live on TV anyway most of the time yeah probably 6 o'clock on a Friday morning or something <laughs> in the Premier League <laughs> anything is possible with the Premier League I've got to say <laughs> excellent so yeah I mean that that covers most of it Peter I don't know if there's anything, any other news or views or, or interesting stories that have come up from Worthing since we were last chatting to you Um Always on the go, I think. I mean, it's, it's constantly changing. It, it, it's it's getting a very vibrant place to to be. The football team, I think, is is a really good timing in terms of its success for reflecting that as well. Actually, um, mm. crowds, obviously. Going to stay up and maybe go up a bit more. You said 1500 for the first game. Um, What's what's the situation in terms of season tickets and sort of price to get in and that sort of stuff? I I know that's not your, but working for the club, I imagine you know some of those details uh, as the
0: Well, it's it was record season ticket sales this season. Mm. Um, which obviously is is ex- excellent news for the club because obviously that money's in the coffers now and you know helps helps them to budget. But but um, yes, uh, to get entry now, I think it's um fifteen pound on the gate. It's either fifteen or forty. I think it might be fifteen, and if you buy your ticket online before, it's fourteen. So you get a quid offer by booking it in advance because it makes the turnstiles move quicker, et cetera, et cetera. So it eliminates queues. Um, so, but, yeah, the fan vibe is absolutely brilliant. Everyone's just so excited for this season. You know, it's like, bring on the next game. It's like, you know, usually the league is quite top-heavy this time of the season in the National League Um, with, you know, a Saturday match and then a Tuesday match. So our first away game is actually Weymouth next Tuesday. Which right. is... Which is lovely for the league to do away with my final Tuesday night, but <laughs> it's going to be a late one for me. Um, but yeah, but every, every game I'm looking at and obviously doing my match research and I'm looking at the players in the opposition, it, you know, and you see where they've been and where they've played and you're like, obviously oh, this is going to be a good matchup in that midfield. Let's see how, you know, like Mar- Marvin Armstrong, uh, you know, in our midfield, obviously his, his sort of pro- progress with us. I know he's played, but he's never, Played at this level before. So it's nice to see how, how they're going to cope with this, with, with the, you know, the mentality, the physicality and how it's going to affect their game, how they need to change their game to work around these players who have got that mouse and that, that know-how they're playing at higher levels. So yeah,
1: it's just really exciting. Yeah. Finally, for me, um, I mentioned earlier that Littlehampton, Hastings, Worthing all moved, all shunted up one. Um, It could have happened for Eastbourne Borough as well. They were pushing there with the playoffs, weren't they? Unfortunately, couldn't get over the line. But what that does mean, of course, is a Sussex derby at the level still, which is going to be great. Um, I suppose that should be interesting because they get decent crowds as well. They've been at that level for a while now as well. Are you looking forward to that one? Uh, Have you got any previous history, memories of uh, playing Eastbourne? I haven't with Eastbourne, um, but obviously it's one it's one we're looking
0: forward to. Um it's sort of Eastbourne and Havant and Waterlooville are gonna be our sort of local games. Yeah. Yeah. For some reason over Christmas the league have put us against Hampton and Richmond and it's like on the bank holidays, it's like, it's not a local derby, is it? You know, yeah, because yeah. generally we get Bogner down the road on, on those sort of occasions. But yeah, so they'll give you Hampton and Richmond. So that that's an interesting one. But yeah, I think those are the two sort of local, localish derbies that we're going to have now is Eastbourne and having a waterlooville, yeah. which will, which will be nice to have a couple of
1: local games because we've got a bit of travelling this season. Yeah, definitely. I've, I've been to both those grounds actually as it happens. Um, but I'm, I probably will try and make a visit down to Eastbourne as well. as one of our features on Sussex Non League anyway, and um, maybe if possible, I'll try and get along to that the game against Worthing. That'd be ideal, um, but we'll, we'll have to see. Um, but yeah, it's it's vibrant, it's exciting. There's lots going on with Non League. I'm I'm really looking forward to to seeing some more of it and. Well, uh, by the way, um, you've been swearing quite a bit on this podcast. You mentioned Crystal Palace and (laughs) Bogner. You know, it's a family podcast. It's not really. uh... (laughs) I (laughs) do (laughs) apologise. I can't
0: believe I said said the B word, to be
1: honest. (laughs) Um, On that note, it just leaves me really to say, we're looking forward to getting down to see Worthing as well this season. No doubt we'll try and hook up with you when we are down there. Um, We'll we'll be to one or two home games, I'm sure, at at least, and a couple of away's as well, if not more, depending on schedules and everything. Um, But we wish you and everyone at Worthing the very best of luck for the new season, fingers crossed, and... um, I'm going to predict somewhere in upper mid table for this season. Have you got, have you got an early prediction where you might finish?
0: Okay. I done um, a prediction sheet, which I put out uh, and asked fans for, just for bragging rides to fill in. And the highest position anybody put us was third. The lowest position anybody put us was 12th. Right. That's so, so that's what the sort of the ballpark the fans are thinking of. Mm. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking top 10.
1: Yeah I'm, top ten. Top ten. Yeah. yeah, I'm
0: thinking top 10. Yeah. Yeah, i think thinking top 10. And if, yeah. if we get in if, cause obviously promotion just, um, playoffs go down to seventh. So if we sneak mm. seventh, that would be a Brucey bonus to be
1: honest. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even if, even if that didn't end in promotion, it would be a, a useful yeah. exercise for the following season as well, wouldn't it? I think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But, um, that's, that's great. Well, Peter, thank you very much for joining me. And no, thank uh, you. For- so the very best of luck for the season and we'll look forward to catch up with you in due course. Thanks for having me, Ross. Cheers. So you've now heard from Rob Bacallese, the Littlehampton Town Chairman, and from Peter Vale from Worthing FC. Um, Just to quickly mention, if you are checking out Littlehampton, they're called the Marigolds, founded in 1896. Their home ground is the Sportsfield in Littlehampton, which holds 4,000 Chairman Rob Achilles, Managers Mitchell Hand and George Gaskin. Uh, They're in the Ismian League South East Division next season. And if you want to go along, you can check out their details online, of course. and Book tickets, all quite reasonably priced. I think you can get match tickets on the day as well. As for Worthing, of course, the Rebels, also known as the Mackerel Men. Ismian League Premier Division last season, now up into the National League South. They are uh, owned by George Dowell. Uh, the arena is the Woodside Road ground. Adam Hinchelwood, former Albion player, of course, as their manager. And the chairman is Barry Hunter. As I said, they're called the Rebels or the Mackerel Men. And as Peter was saying in the interview, you can get tickets online in advance for £14 or £15 on the gate. That's assuming that it hasn't sold out. It may get towards those stages as the season progresses. The third and final feature that we have for you is with Hastings United. Now, unfortunately, we weren't able to get hold of the people we wanted to to speak to ahead of doing this podcast. But just a quick focus on them in general. They are Hastings United Football Club, previously known as Hastings Town they play at the Pilot Field, one of a number of rather distinctively named um, stadiums and grounds across Sussex. Uh, the Dripping Pan, of course, being another classic. But yeah, this is the Pilot Field they play at. You will probably recognise the name of their manager, Gary Elphick, brother of Tommy, and former Albion player very briefly, of course, in his case. Um, the chairman and CEO is Billy Wood. Uh, they were founded in 1893, and their nickname is, well, quite simply, the U's. Um, and they are now in the Isbian League Premier Division following their promotion last season. Um, the game's still taking place at the Pilot Field, a ground they've been at since 1985. And looking back at their history, just doing a bit of research online, some quite curious um, bits of info. The club was founded in 1893 as Rockenore. That's Rock dash A Rockenore, and they joined the East Sussex football league in 1904 going on to become founder members of the sussex county football league which of course in modern times has called the southern combination um so yeah um, an interesting background there they've um getting some big crowds down there as well same as worthing really good crowds things are on the up they're, they're ambitious they're building their club up bit by bit and they are advancing through the level As you know from our coverage of the Ismian League last season, in a little bit of detail, it is a tough division. There are a lot of good teams there. Uh, Competition was strong. Certain clubs, I think, could easily have gone up and didn't. And if they've been able to keep their strength and depth, they will be challenging at the top end of the table. Can Hastings follow suit? Well, a lot of teams seem to be at a very similar level within the division. So there's every hope that they might manage to do so. We're going to probably get along to them at some point, and um, what's interesting is, um, through somebody I know, there's apparently um, a, a few Hastings fans that go along together as friends in their 80s, I think, they're all in their 80s, and absolutely passionate Hastings fans. We're hoping and planning to hook up with them when we do a Match Day special, which could bring some colour and entertainment to matters, not least also to tell us a little bit more about um, the history and what it's like to be a Hastings fan through all those years. So... We wish them the very best of luck. Sorry there's not more on them in the form of an interview, but we will be hoping to get Billy Wood in for an interview at some point during the season, and we're certainly hoping to get down there. We'll also be at Worthing and possibly at Littlehampton. So, good luck to all three of those teams, the Marigolds, the Ewes and the Rebels. And that signs off this episode for now, and all I will add in is of course just from an Albion point of view we're hoping that we'll all be able to get down to the game despite train disruption all over the place as we face Newcastle United this weekend Saturday 3pm kick-off we're going to be in Lewis pre-match meeting up with a number of people possibly getting a bit of audio for our next podcast from Geordie Russell uh, a friend of, uh, a friend of the show, David and getting his views possibly pre- and post-match as well Either way round, we'll have some audio content probably from tomorrow's game and also we will have a review coming up next week. That will be our next episode. So finally, to round off this episode, a couple of bits of Albion news to add in. Shane Duffy, who who has moved to Fulham, I don't think we've mentioned that on this pod. He's gone out on a season-long loan and his contract is due to finish at the end of that period, although I believe we have a one-year option. So interesting move for him. Probably a good move for him to get some some game time and might help Fulham out as well. We wish him the best. Other bit of Albion news is that Andrew Moran, attacking midfielder for Albion's uh, age groups, uh, the under-23s namely, um, is now on to a new contract. He's renewed and extended his deal. He is now with us until 2025. So we'll be back with our Newcastle coverage for the next episode. Until then, stand or fall, up the Albion.